Hello and welcome to Parsha on a Pod. My name is Yechiel Schaffer. I am the rabbi of the Pikesville Jewish Congregation here in Baltimore, Maryland. This week we will be taking a look at two Parshiot, Double the Fun, Achremot and Kadoshim. These are two jam-packed Parshiot. They give us a lot to consider, to focus on intimate relationships, appropriate and inappropriate. It pushes us to consider what we consume and to reflect upon what we as a community consecrate. There are so many famous and important verses in these parshiot, it is certainly worth taking a look inside once you're done listening here. Here is the parshiot of Achremot and Kadoshim in seven parts. Part 1. Achremot Shnei Bnei Arun, following the passing of the two sons of Aaron. God speaks to Moshe and tells him to speak to the high priest, speak to his brother, and instruct him that he should enter the Holy of Holies, the Kodesh Kodashim, one day a year on Yom Kippur. There is a specific sacrificial ceremony that must accompany the Kohen's entry into the Holy of Holies, and this ceremony includes the sacrifice of a bull for a chatat offering, a ram for an ola offering. The Kohen Gadol, the high priest, offers a combination of personal sacrifices and communal ones in preparation for entering the most holy of places. Most famously, the Kohen Gadol takes two identical he-goats and assigns one to be sacrificed and the other to be exiled. Verse 16, uh, chapter 16, verse 10 describes the exiled goat as standing alive, Ya'amod Chai, though we know its destiny is to die. The Arachayim suggests that a sinner is considered dead, and so when all of Israel's sins are transferred to this animal, it too is considered dead long before it perishes. This is why the animal animal's handler becomes impure simply by taking this animal on its journey to its fate. The transference of sin happens later than expected in the process. It's not simply when the animal is chosen Azazel to be exiled, but rather when the high priest confesses upon the animal. That's when the animal is destined to die. For those few minutes between its selection and the confession, the animal is truly alive. And so ends part one. Part two. The Torah concludes the description of the Yom Kippur high priest service. The day of Yom Kippur is described as a Shabbat Shabbaton and is an opportunity to achieve atonement for all Israel one day a year. The Torah tells us that when we slaughter a sacrifice, an animal or a bird, it shall be done only in the Mishkan, only in the Mikdash, and nowhere else in or outside of the encampment. The Ramban, chapter 17, verse 2, presents an interesting discussion over whether this prohibition in ge- is, a, is a prohibition in general for the generation of the desert to refrain from consuming meat. Rashi doesn't seem to hold that way, but Ramban, Nachmanides, certainly suggests so. And so ends part two. Part three. Ish ish mi beis Yisrael min hager asher the Torah now extols us to refrain from eating any blood of any animal. We are also to cover the blood of a slaughtered, any slaughtered animal with dust of the earth. 
Any animal that dies without ritual slaughter can impart impurity, requiring the person to wash their clothes and bathe their body in a mikvah. God now instructs Israel to refrain from following the practices of the Egyptians from where they came, nor the practices of the Canaanites from where they head. The Torah commands the Torah commands alone shall be law and shall be lived by. The Torah now lists various relationships in which sexual contact is forbidden, including close relatives, adultery, and other types of relationships. And so ends part three. homosexual relations, and intimate acts with an animal. The Torah links these practices to the need to live in the promised land with spiritual integrity, describing that should these prohibitions be violated, the Israelites would be exiled from their lands. We are now told that our goal is to be sanctified, kadoshim ki kadosh, because God himself is sanctified. We should fear our parents and observe the Shabbat. We shall not worship other gods and we shall not leave meat from a sacrifice too long, otherwise it needs to be destroyed in fire. The corner of our fields should be left for the poor, and that which you drop while harvesting shall also be left for those impoverished. We should not steal, defraud, or lie, or profane God's name. We should pay wages on time and be sensitive to those with special needs, while also ensuring we do not take advantage of the vulnerable. The Sephorno chapter 19 verse 14 points out that we should be careful even if damages are not inevitable, but we should be careful not to play any role in bringing them about, even an indirect one. And so ends part four. Part five. Lotasu ovel bamishpat. Do not render an unfair judgment. We are now presented with a list of statutes to follow. Be fair in judgment, do not show favor, do not hate another Jew, and offer rebuke where appropriate and effective. Do not take vengeance nor bear a grudge. Love your neighbor like you love yourself. Observe the following laws, the Torah says. Do not create mixtures of the following animals, fabrics, wool and linen, and plants. One should be careful in how one treats a half-freed maidservant too. When we enter the promised land, do not partake in in produce from a tree under the age of three years old. Don't eat anything with blood in it and do not perform black magic. Do not round off the sides of your heads and destroy your beards. Do not gash yourself for the dead and do not denigrate, do not degrade the women in your family. Keep Shabbat and revere the Mikdash. Do not call to the dead. And treat the elderly, Mipnei Seva Takum, treat the elderly with deference and respect. So ends part five. Part six. V'chiyagor itcha ger We are instructed to love the convert and make sure we are honest in our business dealings. Do not worship idols in specific state, clear from a popular idol called Molech. Turning to any of these magical or idolatry practices will cause the people to be cut off from God. And, additionally, if the Israelites themselves don't punish the worshippers of Molech, they too will suffer consequences. 
the Sephorno chapter 20 verse 2 explains that this section following the command to become sanctified like God, Kadoshim to you, begins to describe three possible reasons why one would reject Judaism, reject the commands to be holy. There is a philosophical rejection, the idea of Molech. There is a rejection through uh, oracles and other sources of power seeking alternative religious experiences. And then the third category is the ingesting of unsanctioned food mentioned shortly in the next Aliyah. And so ends part six. Part seven. We are now told about the punishments that will be received should one curse their parents or commit adultery or be involved in other prohibited relationships. We are reminded to not follow the ways of the nations that previously lived in the promised land and to be particularly careful to only consume that which is kosher. The goal of this whole section is for us to be sanctified, for us to be holy. And so ends Parshat Achremot Kadoshim and Part 7. Thank you so much for listening to Parsha on Pod Achremot Kadoshim. Here's one final thought on the Parsha. Why do these Parshiot begin with a statement of the passing of the sons of Aaron? Achremot Shnebene Aaron. What does that have to do with the laws that are taught in these parshiot? If you uh, look at the first chapter of our parsha, you'll notice that Yom Kippur is not mentioned until verse 29, well into the parsha itself. One may be able to come to the assumption that the laws presented at the beginning of our parsha of Achremot were in response to the violation of Nadav and Avihu limiting the entrance of the Kohen Godel to the Holy of Holies to one day a year, or, alternatively, limiting the entrance of the Kohen Godel to the Holy of Holies through a specific ceremony. It's not that the Kohen Godel was limited in going into the Kodesh Kodashim once a year, but rather limited by how intense the preparations needed to be. Before this point, we may assume that the Kohen Gadol could enter the Kodesh Kodashim whenever they wanted to, whenever they saw fit. Now, there was a tremendous religious ceremony that needed to be undertaken to prepare for entry into the Holy of Holies. Thank you so much for taking a few minutes to listen to our Parsha on the pod. If you enjoyed it, please like us on whatever platform you listen to, share us with a friend, and come back for next week's Parsha. Wishing everyone a wonderful week, a Shabbat Shalom, and enjoy studying Torah of Parsha on a pod.